Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In this episode, I'm going to share a number of holiday gift ideas, probably more specific for hobbyist photographers like me. Really, it's going to be a full episode just kind of going over a number of doodads of the week that I've mentioned throughout 2017 or maybe in previous years. All of these are things that I think can help you to improve your photography for for maybe, I guess, the best possible price. I'm As a hobbyist, my budget's limited. I want to make sure I spend those dollars on the things that actually matter and will be helpful. So maybe this can help you decide what you want to have on your wish list this holiday season to help you improve your photography. Links to everything I mention in the episode will be in the show notes. So don't stress out as I'm going through them about writing everything down. There'll be good links and everything there. All right, with that, let's jump right in. And the first thing up on the list is kind of one of the basic questions I get asked a lot about during these holiday seasons. A lot of people, they uh, they know that I do a lot of photography, that I love working with it. They know it's it's a hobby of mine. And they have kind of a similar interest in getting started. They, uh, they just want to know where to go. And so, of course, the very first question is, what camera should I get? Which is an extremely loaded question. Uh, I think it's a tough one to answer. And I'm going to spend some time on it because of that. So, you know, many say uh, someone close to them has an interest in the photography, but they haven't started because they just know what cam- don't know what camera to get. And the biggest piece of advice I can offer here is get something and get started. Don't to get this analysis paralysis. Don't have that be the reason you don't get on your photographic journey. Get something and get going. It probably will not end up being the thing that you want to stick with forever. It almost never is. And in fact, it's kind of become something that is tough to fight off that you want to upgrade as soon as you kind of understand a little bit about how to do photography and what your camera is capable of doing. You get this gear acquisition syndrome, we call it gas, and and people want to jump to a camera probably before they really even need to. Those inexpensive entry-level cameras are very, very capable cameras. You can do an awful lot with them. They're very high quality. They do a great job. And I think people jump to getting a bigger, better camera too quickly often. And we're going to talk about more about that in the kind of the very end of the episode. So I have I have a suggestion on two options here, but as I've answered this question for people over the years, I've seen some go all the way to that like $4,000 body right out of the get go, the gate. And if you can do that, great, that's fine. Like I said, get going is the biggest piece of advice here. And I've seen others who say, geez, I can't even afford the the three, four, five hundred dollar options that are out there. And so uh, they they kind of ask around with their family and their friends and they they find somebody close to them or within their circle of people that they know who got a camera, didn't really use it, and either willing to sell it for a really cheap price or they're willing to just give it to you because they're not using it. And so you can seek that out too, and that would be great. The other bit of advice I have in this area before I get to kind of the specific things that I'll recommend is that you you really can 
do so much with the camera, like I mentioned already, that, um, but it really helps to have a mentor if you can. And I, I've said this before on the podcast. Um, if you have a hard time deciding what one to get, and I, I don't blame you at all. I remember when I was buying my first camera in back in 2011, in Christmas 2011, that I had no idea what the numbers meant, what the features were, if I cared about those features. It's really, really hard as a someone who wants to learn how to use a camera to figure out even what camera to buy, which is why we get the questions all the time. So if you can find a mentor that that will help you through this, that doesn't mean they have to be by your side constantly or you're going to be with them all the time. But even just someone who you could go to, like if you can't figure something out, you could like text them or send them an email or give them a phone call and spend five minutes with them and say, all right, just to help me, what, what the heck is this? What is this? When someone says this, what does it mean? Just having that, if you have the same camera system as that potential mentor, You'll, it'll really help you. It'll help you a lot to be able to have that. So if you have someone in your circle um, of people that you know who can, who's willing to give you just that tiny bit of help, um, then getting the same camera system as them is a great thing. It's a really good way to kind of help yourself out a little bit. And if you have something different than them, you kind of have this little thing between you that's going to make it harder. They're going to have to invest even more time to try to answer your questions. They won't know it right off the top of their head like they would if you're using the same camera system. Plus, that person might be willing, if they're very nice, to lend you some gear occasionally. If you go shooting with them, they might be able to say, hey, why don't you try out this lens? I'm not using it right now. You'll get some, some good experience with it and be able to see what it's like. And it's really nice to be able to swap that gear with them. So those are my suggestions. First off, just get going. Don't let this <laughs> buying this analysis paralysis of buying a camera prevent you from getting on your journey. And if you have someone who can be a mentor, uh, look into getting a, a camera in the same system that they run so that you can have those synergies uh, really be there. All right. Now, if you don't really have anyone like that in your life, and you just want to know, what camera should I get? Well, my advice today in 2017, early December 2017, remains, for now at least, get a Nikon or a Canon. Those are the, the two. They're just so prevalent. They're the big two in the industry for a reason. There's so many people that have them. And even if you don't know somebody who can be your mentor now, uh, the, the best chance is you'll have a really good chance that you're going to find someone with Nikon or Canon around you at some point that might be able to help you. You might even not know that they do it today. Um, and, and there's free help available. It's just, you have more options for learning with the, either of those twos than you do the others. Now, that's not to say that other manufacturers don't have really good equipment. Uh, in some places and some functions and features or whatever, they may even be better options from Sony or Fuji or Panasonic, even Olympus. All of those manufacturers are producing really high quality equipment. You just have kind of a little bit more reduced options for learning it. And it's not impossible. There's still free resources. There's still learning options. Of course, on any of them, you're going to be able to get started and get going. And that's still, remember, the very biggest advice. Get going on your journey if you're thinking about getting into photography. Um, all right. So specific models here in December 2017. Um, I can recommend kind of the most entry level. And I, it, that's really the way I, I think you should start. You don't know if you're going to love this or not. You don't know if you're going to be good at it or not. You don't know how much you want to invest in this. 
So make it easy on yourself and get the, the least expensive option to get started. Remember, there's still really, really good equipment. There's still really good cameras. And as of uh, December 2017, I recommend either the Canon T5i or the Nikon D3400. And, you know, for new cameras, if you're going to buy new on those bodies and you can still get either of them brand new right now in December 2017, the Nikon D3400 is currently a better deal. It's about $400 to get the camera and a kit lens. And the T5i is about $550 uh, to get the same kind of camera and kit lens. Both systems will be really good. They're, they're, they're high quality cameras. They're going to be really nice. Sure, they'll have limitations. And hopefully you're going to learn enough about photography to reach those limitations and have the limitations of the camera be the thing that's impeding your photography. But I can tell you that takes a long time. I've been doing this for about six years now, really getting deep into photography because I started Christmas time, holiday season of 2011. I'm still not to the point right now, and I've done a lot of learning since then. I'm not to the point where I feel the camera is the thing limiting me. And so I, these things are very, very capable. If I had to pick one, I would today choose the Nikon D3400. Even though I'm a Canon shooter, I shoot the Canon 7D Mark II. I love my camera. It does a great job. Uh, the D3400 is cheaper, so it's less expensive for one thing. It's $400 versus the 550 It has a better sensor, and I think it's just a better starting point than the Canon option is right now. And uh, so that's the way that I'd recommend doing it. Not to say that Canon's the wrong choice, because if you, again, if you're a mentor, if you have someone in your life that can help you when they're a Canon shooter, then get the Canon. It's great. It's a really good camera. That T5i is great. And of course, there's options above that. You can find it kind of any budget range that you've got. And the more you spend on it, the better it's going to be. Uh, I would recommend kind of avoiding those big kits. Like when I was buying it in 2011, on Amazon, I knew I saw all these things were like, well, but if I buy this one, I get the body, the lens, a, a tripod, an SD card, a lens cloth. A, well, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff that they throw in there. The stuff they throw in there is not worth extra money. I'd actually recommend you seek out buying the camera alone. I know that the kit, those those full out kits look like they're they're a better deal because they're slightly more expensive and you get all this other stuff, but that stuff is usually junk. It's really, really terrible equipment. And uh, frankly, I never used it. Uh, the tripod that I came with, my I did buy one of those kits in 2011 when I first got my camera and I tossed, that tripod didn't last, I don't think the month it was dead. And the SD card was low quality. It was just that stuff is all garbage. I would seek out myself. I'd get a, a lens and a camera combo that's just those two things. And if you want to get other stuff, that's great. And I'm going to give you a whole bunch of options in this episode of other things that you can buy to get started. But just don't be fooled into thinking that those other deals with all those things included in it are a, a, a really good deal because they're, the other stuff is usually terrible garbage. All right. All right. Let's start now in budget categories. Now that we kind of got the camera body thing taken care of. Uh, we're going to start uh, low. We're going to go in about the $20 range. And um, I have five options for you in the $20 range of things that are really good pieces of equipment for photographers or things that photographers can really use. The first is an SD card. 
I recommend the SanDisk Extreme Pro 32 gigabyte card. It's about 22 bucks. You can never get enough memory cards. This is a good time to remind everyone memory cards wear out. And the best way to avoid having your photos kind of go down for the count with the memory card. They don't give a lot of warning usually. It, it, there's Often they just completely fail all of a sudden. Um, if you get a warning, that's great. And make sure you don't use it if there's any signs of it struggling. Um, so I recommend your best way to avoid that is replace your, your memory cards every three years. That goes for both SD and CF cards. But SD cards in particular, they don't hold up even as good as the CF cards do. Uh, every three years. I That's my, my policy. I write the date, the year that I got the... SD card on the back. And as soon as those three years are up, I just take it out of service. So we'll put it in other stuff that I have around the house that needs SD cards. Uh, or I may put it in the back of a holder, a card SD card holder and go reach for it. If I'm in dire, like, oh gosh, I didn't clear off my memory cards and I need one right now kind of situation. But uh, every three years rotating those is a really good idea. And for $22, um, it's, it's a good steal. All right, second option in the $20 budget category is for those photographers who want to power flashes with AA batteries, then you can get the Duracell rechargeable AA batteries. You can get a pack of four of them for about $11. A pack of 10 on Amazon I saw for about $25 as I was looking around as I prepared for this podcast. Um, I want to have enough batteries that I can power. I have four flashes and I really want enough that I can power, I can have batteries like charged batteries in all four of those flashes as I go out to a shoot and then I can put new batteries into the charger that can be charging the whole time while I'm doing the shoot and whatever I it just I struggle to make sure when I come back I put them into the chargers immediately and then I need them and I oh gosh I don't have my flat my batteries all charged up so since I have four flashes and it takes four batteries per flash that's 16 batteries means I need a total of 32 really to kind of make that whole system work well and I don't have 32 yet, so I am getting batteries for Christmas. <laughs> I'm buying some more. I recommend Duracell here um, because they are not overly expensive. They might be slightly expensive than like the Amazon brand, but they're not overly expensive. And because my good friend Brian Pex did some awesome testing of the different rechargeable batteries that you can put in flashes. And he found that Duracell beat out everybody. So not only is the price pretty reasonable, they're not the least expensive, but they're not the most expensive either, but they actually performed the very best. And it meant that they they produced the most pops of the flash on a single charge than any others. So that's the kind I recommend. I have them and I, I really like the Duracell batteries. They're doing a great job. All right, another option in the $20 budget category, two silver umbrellas. I love using my silver umbrellas to light large groups of people. So if you wanna do that, if you wanna have flash and you wanna do it for large groups of people, having two silver umbrellas on either side of the group as near them as you can get it and kind of above their heads is a really flattering way to light people in a large group. It's great, I really like them. Now you can spend more than $20 to get them and I, in this is one case, one area where I really actually, it's not even a, a budget kind of pick. It's, it's not worth spending more than $20 on two umbrellas. You can get them for about 15 bucks where you get two umbrellas for 15 bucks. And 
they're they're just the kind of thing where even if you pay more, it doesn't really do more. <laughs> you you might be able to have the material last a slight bit longer, but realistically, if you're using them outside and the, they're blowing around in the wind, uh, the those ninety dollar umbrellas get trashed <laughs> just like the fifteen or the I guess it'd be about what seven and a half dollars a piece those umbrellas. So I don't think it's worth spending a lot more money on umbrellas in this case. So I I have the um, Neewer, N-E-E-W-E-R. It's, a, it's kind of a, a cheap, inexpensive brand of, of photography equipment in general that I've got quite a bit of. And some of it works pretty well and some of it just doesn't hold up, is not quality. But for the silver umbrellas, they're great. I love them. The, the Neewer 33-inch silver umbrellas and uh, 15 bucks gets you two of them. So that's a really good way to, to add that to your kit to be able to do some flash. All right, number four in the $20 budget Carson camera sensor magnifier. It's about $18. What this is a little device. It's kind of like a, a jeweler's loop, but made to, to be working with your camera so you can clean your camera sensor. I love it. I bought this um, at the recommendation of Brent uh, from Brent Renz Lenses, who also does the, um, the travel photography podcast, Latitude on the Approved Photography Network. And um, this specific one wasn't necessarily what he recommended. He just recommended getting a, a digital loop or not digital a optical loop magnifier kind of device to assist you while you're doing it. And I picked this one and it's, it's been awesome. It has little feet to kind of make it stand on your camera as you're looking in to clean it. And it has a light that you can turn on so it will illuminate down inside of the camera. It's great. It really helps me to clean out my sensor. It does a fantastic job. It's about $18. That's the Carson camera sensor magnifier. All right, and the last option in the $20 category, the Kingston Digital USB 3.0 card reader. It's about $18. So it's a fairly inexpensive card reader, but very high quality. And you can get cheaper ones, but I'm telling you, if you do, they are actually too cheap. This is an area where you need to spend $18. It's not overly expensive so that you can do, you can read cards. It has SD slot, it has the CF slot, a couple of others, and it's it's really a good card reader. High quality, inexpensive card reader that I, I really highly recommend. All right, now moving on to the $50 budget. Um, there's six suggestions that I have here. And so the first one, and the one I just couldn't wait to recommend, I love this. It's a fairly recent purchase for me. And it has really, really helped me. I love it. It's the Photodiox F60 Quick Collapse Softbox. And I just love this as a light modifier. It makes the light so beautiful for individual or very small couples, maybe three, four people group in portraits. It's awesome. I really love it. Easy to set up, easy to take down. I can't recommend this light modifier enough. It is a little over the $50 and $60, but it's it's really a great, great modifier for those flashes. Number two in the $50 budget category, slightly under budget, so I gave one over, now one under, is the $40 air cushioned light stands from Impact. And this is a place where I do not recommend the newer brand, the N-E-E-W-E-R. I've had some of those stands. They just have not lasted very well. It has been worth it to go to the Impact. That's Impact, I-M-P-A-C-T, brand. Um, it's the you know inexpensive brand I recommend. I have a four. I've got, I think, six of them now. And uh, they're great. They're they're 
lasting. They're doing a really good job. I love my impact light stands, about $40 per light stand. Number three in the $50 budget category, SanDisk Ultra Flare 256 USB 3.0 flash drive. That's a lot of letters there, but it's a, it's a really big 256 gig flash drive that is awesome to extend the storage on your laptop while you're out and about on the go. You can buy, of course, USB hard drives to add and get even more space, get in the terabytes. But what's nice is this is just a really small thing. Like it's it's tiny, tiny. It doesn't require a power adapter and, um, and I love it. So I recommended a different flash drive to put into a laptop earlier, but it failed very, very quickly. So I'm not even gonna mention what it was. I just, this is the one that I'm using and I, I would pick now and it seems to be lasting very, very well. And I, it's really helped me to add storage to my MacBook Pro for when I'm doing editing on the road. All right, that one's about 60 bucks, so a little over budget again. Right on at $50, number four in this category is a year of Backblaze online backup service. And this isn't something that's gonna fit for everybody. It's not a solution for everybody, especially if you're a pro, is probably not gonna be feasible. The internet speeds, especially in the United States, are just, uh, they're not where they need to be so that this becomes a really serious valid value option. Um, but I love it. I've been on Black Bay's back blaze, easy for me to say, for a couple years now. I uh, it says it's awesome. It's unlimited storage for your one. You register like your single computer. You install the client. And you send backups to Backblaze. It uh, has a really good client to sync with. I've talked about Backblaze before. We've had them on the Photo Taco episodes in the past, and um, it's it's a good service. If you don't want to use Backblaze, that's fine. I'm just not sure what competition you'd check out. Although I will mention that Amazon Prime, there's Amazon Drive, and I have been testing that client out at the recommendation of some listeners, and it's a pretty good option. They do a good job. So it's actually, if you are an Amazon Prime member, it is totally free, and you can back up your JPEGs and even your uh, a big portion of the raw files. Not every raw file created out there is free, but um, most of them are, and you can do it entirely for free. Anything else, if you back up Word documents or videos or other things, will count against some storage where there's a limit, but you get free, unlimited backup through Amazon Drive if you're a Prime member. So go check that out as a potential option for uh, for doing a, a good backup, but I'm still sticking with Backblaze as my online backup service. Number five in the $50 budget category is the Datacolor Spider Lens Cal SLC 100. It's a target that you can use for doing your fine tuning of your autofocus system on your DSLRs. It's about $64. It's a good option. I, I really like the product and what how it came out, what it does. Um, Honestly, though, I don't tend to use it that much because the other options are, are a little easier for me to use. So I, uh, the other option I'm going to mention here is the Focal Plus software, Rikon, Rikonon, Rikon, uh, Rikonon, um, Focal software. And uh, the Plus version is $40, and that would be what all you'd need for most people. And then there's Focal Pro that's 70 and you can go read what the differences are because that's not what this episode's about. So this is, if you have a DSLR, you, you really have to calibrate your lens with your camera. 
uh, to get make the autofocus system work the very best it can. And I've got a couple of Photo Taco episodes out there. This in the industry is kind of called autofocus micro adjust or AFMA. If you don't know what that is, just do a search in Google for Photo Taco AFMA, and you'll see a couple of episodes there you can go listen to. Um, the software I've found really helpful. I, I love using the software. It's great. I wish my Canon 7D Mark II offered a fully automated approach, but Canon has put restrictions on the API that can be used by, by any software developer, and it can't change the AFMA value. It can do everything else, but it can't change the AFMA value. I have to go do that. And uh, But there's some cameras that do offer fully automated solutions where you can just set up the software, you tether it to your computer and run the software, and it just tunes your camera for you. Uh, it's it's really good. The other option is something called dot tune. And I go through that in the FMA and it's totally free. So if you're a hobbyist and you don't want to spend any money on this, I totally get that. Then um, the dot tune approach, that's like dot D-O-T and tune T-U-N-E is a totally free way to be able to use, at least for Nikon and Canon, a way to be able to kind of do your uh, a very similar process and it's, it's awesome. It's good. So go check out my Photo Taco episode on AFMA if you want more information on that. Number six in the category is the Sunway Photo L bracket. Now, I, I don't know if there's options for all cameras from Sunway Photo, but I bought one for my Canon 70 Mark II from Sunway, and it has been awesome. Love the bracket. It was totally custom fit to my camera, and it's great at $50. So an L bracket is a really good investment, especially if you're going to do landscape photography. You're going to need one of those. It's awesome. All right, $100 budget. Let's move up to some more interesting stuff then. For $100, you can actually get kind of a starter flash kit. That's not going to include everything. It won't have your light modifiers or your stands. That's going to involve some more money, and I've mentioned some of those things already. But for $100, you can get a young Newell YN 564 flash, comes in at about $62 for that flash, and the young Newell YN560 TX controller, it's about $37. And we've talked about young Newell on the podcast a ton, so I'm sure that's not new information to you. I've personally used young Newell flashes for several years now. I've had very good experience with them, but not everyone has. They are inexpensive, and that's part of what the reason they're inexpensive. Some of them have failed fast for people, uh, I, they don't have all of the full features in the 560, the YN560 model. They're manual flashes. There's no T ETTL or TTL, and uh, they, they're basic, basic flashes. But I'm not looking for anything else. As a hobbyist, that's all I need. It's, it's definitely plenty good enough. And, uh, you know, if one actually, like, fell off of the light stand and shattered all over the floor... It's only $62 I'm out at that point, and I'd much rather that be the case than a $600 flash. So I uh, highly recommend them as an option, and that's a good way to get a kind of a start in flash photography. If, if you're intimidated by the prospect of adding flash to your photography, this is the way to do it. Very inexpensive as a way to get into it and try it out and start learning it. And I, I'm very confident that as you do, as you get into it and as you start incorporating flash, especially if you do portraits, then you're going to uh, see how much better it can improve your portraits and make that look just a lot better. And uh, it's an expensive way to do it. All right, number two is another flash-related thing. It's the MagMod Basic Kit V3. 
It's about 90 bucks for that. Plus, we're going to go over budget because you really want the MagSphere with it. You can't get just the MagSphere and actually attach it to your camera. You need that Mag's, MagMod basic kit. So it's about $150 option, so a little over budget. But the MagMod system is really awesome. I, I really enjoy using it. I, uh, I'm using that softbox a lot these days, but the MagMod is also a really good option for being able to have that for off-camera flash and lighting, some making turning your flash into a nice, soft light. It's really a great system, and I love the magnets, the way it works. It's beautiful. It's a little expensive for the hobbyist, I think, but it is worth the money. It's a good, good system. All right, number three at about $135, so we're a little over budget again. You can get some good, a good hard drive for your computer. Now, this won't go in your laptop. It's not going to be, a, it's not a USB drive. It's just a raw drive that you can plug in your computer. And that the options to do that are getting fewer and fewer with computers these days. But if you're in the market and you know how to do it, how you can add four terabytes of storage to your computer. It's the HGST brand that I highly recommend. It's one that's tested out to be really, really durable. Uh, most reliable kind of brands as shown by some significant real-world testing by that same online storage provider, Backblaze. They provide a report that kind of comes out and tells you what their experience has been. They buy lots and lots of hard drives in order to support that online storage. And they uh, they provide some statistics about how which drives are uh, failing at what rate. And uh, so it's it's some good information. And the HGST 4 terabyte drive has been a very reliable drive in that system. It's about $135 to get that. Number four on my $100 budget list is the Siru K40X ball head. I'm not sure if I said that right, but it's spelled S-I-R-U-I. And I love this ball head. Uh, it's one that I got for my tripod and it's beautiful. It's about $150. So again, a little over budget, but if you're in looking for a smooth, nice ball head, that's not expensive because they can get crazy expensive. This is kind of the best price to performance ball head that I've, I've found. And it's a, a really, really good option. goes on top of uh, pretty well any tripod. It has the quick release plates that you can put on it. So it's, it's great. I love that tripod. It's good for that hundred dollar budget. All right. Now before let's, let's finish off the episode today with kind of the bigger budget items. We did talk about the cameras already. So they normally would go here because they're probably the, you know, between the 400 to $500 range to get a really good one to get started. And you can go all the way up to the $4,000 range on those, uh, on those camera bodies. But, uh, there's two lenses that I want to recommend these are lenses that I have just absolutely fallen in love with. It's from Tamron. It's the 70 to 200 G2 and these 24 to 70 G2 lenses. The 20, 70 to 200 is about $1,300 and the 24 to 70 is about $1,200. And uh, that's a lot of money for a hobbyist photographer. I totally get that. It's taken me, I just got through getting kind of my lenses this year. So over the last six years, I've saved and I've uh, I've been able to get the budget to get these lenses and it has been completely worth it. I love the build quality. I love the sharpness. I love the way the focus system's working. I just love these lenses. They are really good. The G2 version is more expensive than the G1s that are out there. And there's a reason for it. They really made a dramatic leap forward on build quality in particular with the G2 lens. 
and the the look too they look just amazing so really really nice lenses that you can get for both nikon and canon and they're great i just they're i highly recommend them if if you are wanting to make a big improvement with your photography I would definitely go with these lenses before I would go with upgrading your body. So if you had like the T5i or the D3400 um, and you, you're saying, gosh, I'm just not getting what I want. I, I need some improved quality. Then getting these Tamron lenses will do more for it than upgrading your camera. Guaranteed, they will help you more than that $4,000 camera body. You need these lenses to uh, to really get significantly better optics. And there's other options, of course. There's Sigma runs has some really good options too. Very, very compelling. Love having Sigma really push the market too. Tamron and Sigma are both pushing the envelope and making Nikon and Canon lenses really have to to prove that they need to be there. Um, but their price to performance is is the very best in my opinion with the Tamron lenses. So for the hobbyist out there, that's what my recommendation is. The last thing that I want to recommend is going to sound very self-serving. But um, it's it's a workshop. Um, I think that that is now, now that I've been through a workshop, I went to my very first one in the Improved Photography Retreat in 2017, back in March, and I was just shocked. I mean, so shocked at how valuable that was to me that I did an entire Photo Taco episode. So you can search for that if you want to, the Photo, the photo Taco and Retreat and I'm sure you'll find the episode where I talk about this. I gave you kind of the biggest 10 things that I took away from the retreat. It helped my photography a lot. So if you, and we're doing the retreat again in 2018, you can buy tickets today by going to improvephotographyretreat.com. It's about $459 to get that ticket, and it is worth every penny of that. In fact, that's a very inexpensive price compared with the options of other workshops that you'll find out there. And so if you want to give someone a photographer or suggest so that someone give you for Christmas a really uh, impress uh, something that's going to really, really help you, then that $459 ticket to, uh, to that retreat is a really good suggestion. If it's not improved photography and you want to go to do another workshop, fine. Find another one that you want to go do. And But go do that. It is a significant way to improve your photography. Imagine the progress that you can make if you focused solely on photography for an entire week. That's what it's, it's just amazing how much I learned and how much I improved my photography during that time. If you would also like to add on the end of that, and I've talked about this in the last several Photo Taco episodes, but I'm running a workshop, a post-conference workshop at the after the retreat. It's $250. We're going to keep the group size down to less than 10 because I want to be able to spend one-on-one time with everyone who comes to that workshop with me. Um, and so it's it's a seven-hour workshop we're going to run right after the retreat. So you just, you, you're you going to be at the location with the retreat there in beautiful uh, Charleston, South Carolina. You just stick around for another half the day. We're going to end at noon on the Saturday on that retreat day, and uh, you just stick around for seven more hours. Me and my wife are going to run a workshop where we are going to teach people how to be ninjas with their camera. So if you have picked up a camera, especially if you're getting one for Christmas, and you've never really started before, and you want to learn how to use it, certainly don't wait until March and this conference to go do that. But um, come join me and my wife. We will help you to learn it. I It wasn't very long ago. I was in exactly that same situation. 
and I know how to teach it to make it so that it will all make sense and you'll figure out how to use your camera really, really well. Even if you feel like you're kind of to the point where you, you mostly get it, you think you understand it a lot, but you're not quite getting the quality of photos. Like you're seeing other photographers post things, or maybe even you're seeing people post things in the Facebook group that you're just like, I just, I am not getting to that. How did they do that? This workshop with that to attend both the the retreat and my post retreat workshop will help you to do that. So I, I don't, I love for you to consider that if you want to sign up for improved photography retreat, go to improve photography retreat.com. If you want to sign up for my workshop, then go to J S Harmon. That's H A R M O N J S Harmon S stand. The J is for Jeff. That's me. And S stands for Susie J S Harmon photos all squished together dot com slash workshop and you'll be able to see kind of the information about what it is we're going to go over exactly in that workshop all right so those are my holiday gift ideas a big doodads of the week episode i hope you enjoyed it i hope you got some good ideas of things that that uh, might be interesting to you especially for you hobbyists out there i tried really hard to kind of go through what is the best price to performance sort of things the the investments that are very very worth making so that you have the gear you need it's not all about the gear um, because it's it has a whole lot more to do with the photographer who's using it but you do have to have the gear to get the shots uh, you have to have flashes if you want to do indoor shooting of, of portraits or even outdoor and you want to really make the person stand out then you, you got to have flash and you need the memory cards, you need the batteries, and you need the camera. I hope that some of those options are things that, that uh, will help you as you're considering what you'd like to ask for this Christmas or this holiday season. All right, that's all we have time for in this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through the Improve Photography Podcast Facebook group. You can just search on Facebook for Improve Photography Podcast. Should come right up. We did have to restrict access so that you have to request to join so we can keep the bots and the spammers out of there. And uh, as part of that, to keep the bots and spammers out, we ask a question. You have to answer the question of naming at least one host of some podcast on the Improve Photography Network. You can name me, that's Jeff Harmon, or you can name Jim or Erica or Brent. Or, there's all kinds of people that you can put there. Uh, list any one of us and it will be instant access. You'll get in there. If you don't answer the question, you will not be added to the group. Or if you say something like, I love photography, you will not be added to the group. It has to be a name of a host and then you'll be added to the group. All right. Also, Instagram, you can message at Photo Taco Podcast and give me, send me messages or through email, phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No question too basic or too complicated for the show. Uh, and also be sure to head over to the mothership. I will tell you about that in one second. But before I do, I wanted to say it is time for the top 10, the Photo Taco Top 10 here in December, which is, if you've never heard of that before, it's a process of picking all of your photos, going through your photos that you took through all of 2017, and picking what your top 10 photos were for the year. Has to be this year. And what I'd like to have you do is post those photos. Create a grid of those photos and post it to Instagram and tag me at Photo Taco Podcast so that I can see them. 
And I'd love to be able to see some of those. Maybe we'll we'll talk through some of them in January. Share them to the Facebook group. That would be great too. Make sure that if you do share them to the Facebook group that you put hashtag photo taco top 10. And I know it's a long hashtag, but that, that would be really good. Post them there in the Facebook group. I'd love to see the top 10 photos that you've all have come up with in 2017. You'll see mine out there hopefully before the end of the year. I have a lot going on right now. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see if I can get through it. I at least have had my catalog in Lightroom where I've got my candidates ready to go. It's just the process of picking which of my babies is ugly <laughs> that I have to struggle with. And if you're not familiar with this process, do a search in Google for Photo Taco Top 10, and you should see links there that will tell, kind of describe the process that I go through. I've done this for about, I think it's five of the six years now, and it's really helped me to improve my photography year over year to take a look at all those photos and guess and, and see what it is that I am doing and how I've improved, how I've changed. Or for some people I've heard, because this isn't the first year on the podcast that I've I've recommended this too. I've heard them say, man, I'm just seeing the same thing. I, mine is not changing. It's fine. My photography seems good, but it's not changing. And that's a good thing to notice too. So anyway, I'd love to see those on Instagram and on Facebook. Have you share your top 10. That's going to be a great thing. All right. Now, last thing, head over to the mothership that makes all of this possible. We couldn't have these podcasts. We couldn't have any of the Improved Photography Network if it wasn't for improvephotography.com. We have wonderful writers. I'm checking out improvephotography.com every single day because they continue every day. I, I have photo tip articles that I learned from there. There's news, gear, and, and a lot of different information that's coming out from the writers. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!